broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Still on the way, we'll hear from head coach Joshua Daniels. Met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Yesterday, had an opportunity to catch up with Mick Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, and Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator. We'll hear from them as well. Raider Nation, want to hear from you. I know we haven't had a lot of time for open lines. Had a lot going on on today's show with the sudden passing of Franco Harris. Obviously, he was going to be honored on Saturday for the Immaculate Reception, the 50th anniversary as the Raiders travel to Pittsburgh to play them on Christmas Eve a game that I'm very excited about for many different reasons. And, of course, we will turn the page and really deep dive into the game. We'll do more of that on tomorrow's show. Today is a show that I just kind of wanted to show that respect to Franco Harris because, well, one, he obviously meant a ton to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, but also meant a lot to the NFL in general. If you're an NFL fan, you know who Franco Harris is. So definitely going to show that respect. I don't care what colors he was wearing. I don't care what team he represented. Did get a tweet from our guy, Don. Q, with all due respect to you, Al Davis is a much bigger figure for the Raiders franchise than Franco Harris is for Pittsburgh. Go Raiders, hashtag it's our turn. And, I mean, yeah, for the Raiders organization, of course Al Davis is going to be a bigger name than Franco Harris. But for the Steelers, I'm sure Franco Harris was a bigger figure in their organization than Al Davis was to them. I mean, that's kind of like a no-brainer, right? It's like saying... You know, it's like saying your family member is, is more valuable to me than he is to you. No, 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 not necessarily, right? I mean, it's just no doubt, you know? So, I mean, that's kind of no doubt. It's like a no-brainer. But, again, I mean, it's just a, a, a big-time figure in the NFL. It's a Hall of Famer. It's a guy that, you know, obviously is a major part of the play that we've been talking about here on the station all week and the play that George Atkinson and JT broke down yesterday in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center as they were staring at it, watching it. The play that the Raiders put out of YouTube at 7 o'clock last night talking about the Immaculate Reception, right? I mean, the, he's the, 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 the main figure there. So he's a big deal. He's a huge deal to the Pittsburgh organization, just like Al Davis was a huge deal to the Raiders. And Al's a huge deal to the NFL as well. Franco, same thing. So I think we're kind of splitting hairs on that one. Uh, Glenn in San Jose hit us up and said, Steelers are going to come out playing like we're messing with their money. Raiders got to flip the mindset around and just win. That's Glenn in San Jose. Vegas Pete said the fans will be colder than the players. They move around only if the ball's wet or win. Will it affect the players, in my opinion? Hopefully the Steelers will be sad and the Raiders could win and continue the 2022 revenge tour. Uh, let's see. That's a good text as well. Thank you for that. Uh, Big Dub Raider uh, said, Q, I was thinking the same thing. I'm never a negative Raider fan, but I feel like we got no shot now. Hope we win, but you're so right. Go Raiders. And what he means by that is I was talking about the Steelers are going to come out pumped up. You know, that was in response to the question, you know, how do you – how does the passing of Franco Harris impact Saturday's game? And I, I just think that these guys are going to be highly motivated. I think that Mike Tomlin is going to give them one of his all-time speeches, and he's very good at that. As our first guest that we had on the show today, Colin Dunlap from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, told us he's going to give a, a, a world-class speech. And I'm sure these guys are going to be fired up. Well, what the Raiders have to do on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, is weather the storm, because I feel like at some point these guys are going to come out swinging, and there's it's going to be a bunch. It's like it's like a fight, right? You all of a sudden start getting 
beat up in round one. You just got to weather that storm and make it to let the bell ring and then regroup and come back out. Sometimes it's just how it is, right? If you can weather the storm, if you can get through the first wave, then you're good to go. And I have no doubt the Raiders can, can play with the Steelers, no doubt, right? They match up with talent. Uh, matter of fact, I think the Raiders have more talent. But I just know there's going to be a lot of emotions. There's going to be a lot of uh, energy in that building on the Pittsburgh side of things based off what happened with Franco Harris. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, Q and DeMond, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Now, on a, on, a, on a flip, today I'm the one chilling. It's like negative 19 out here. I'm damn near freezing, bro. Oh, wow. Damn. It's rough. Yeah, it's it is. Rough. Let me tell you. It's only it compounded with the coldness of a great in the NFL passing. Look, I don't know how some of you guys were, were raised or grew up, but where we where I'm from and in the Mexican culture in general, you know, you squabble all the time. When we were kids, we were playing marbles. You see somebody cheating, all right, we'll handle it quick, you know. <laughs> go out, go off to the side, throw a couple, shake hands after. You got to show respect. To, to rivals, to real rivals, to people of honor. Yeah, we have the rivalry at then, but he's in a class accent. And, you know, how can you not honor a guy like that? Like everybody did for Madden. He's, he's somebody who means something to the game, you know? So that's cool that you, that you guys are doing that. And, you know, Al Davis meant a lot of things to a lot of people, just like Franco Harris. We don't, in, the Mex- in Mexico, in the Mexican language, we have, a thing. The sun comes out for everyone, you know? So let's try not to throw shades. No Al, doubt. Al got his day, too. Thank you for taking my call. You have a great day. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, my man. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and really, when we were just talking about Al, to me, it was just like I felt like the Raiders went out and, and had that emotion and, and played, you know, t- accordingly uh, against the Houston Texans after Al passed. And, you know, I just think that, that the Steelers are going to have that same kind of energy based off Franco, especially this week, right? I mean, they were going to retire his jersey at halftime. I mean, it's just – that's – again, you never know. You know, you can never you can never say, oh, I'll do this later, or, oh, you know what, this will be – you know, we'll catch up next time or something like that because you never know. Uh, you might not get next time. I, I Believe me, I can spend the next 53 minutes sharing a next time story, but I, I don't even want to go there at that point right now. We can go there at another point, but just know – that you, you can't always count on next time because next time is definitely not guaranteed. And so uh, just really, you know, thoughts and prayers out to the Harris family, obviously, you know, the Steelers community, you know, everyone there that, you know, the, how, how much he meant to so many people there. Uh, just, you know, thoughts and prayers to all those people because, man, I can only imagine uh, how they're feeling today. Again, when I uh, woke up that day and, and, and found out that Al passed, and I didn't know Al at all, never met him, never once met him, never once talked to him, but I felt like I did. <laughs> right, felt like my felt like one of my good friends had just passed away, and I was like, I remember looking at the wife, and I was like, oh, oh man, oh my feelings are hurt. Right, I sat on the couch all day watching NFL Network. Literally, I watched all, NFL Network all day on Saturday, just watching all the different people talk about Al and all the respect that they had for him, and I'm sure that's going on right now in Pittsburgh as well. I did want to get to some sound bites from uh, head coach Josh McDaniels as we met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So let's go ahead and, and just jump into that really quick. And the first one off top is, of course, it's got to be about Franco Harris and the passing of Franco Harris. Before I start, obviously, um, heard the news of Franco Harris's passing and I think uh, appropriate for um, our entire organization to send condolences to 
uh, Dana, his wife, and the Harris family, and the entire Pittsburgh organization. Um, he obviously was a an iconic player, um, a Hall of Fame player, and a great ambassador for our game in the league. And um, you know, we know what this weekend, you know, is is um, you know the anniversary of, and and obviously he played a significant role in the Immaculate Reception and and all that. So um, just wanted to make sure we pass along our condolences um, on on Franco's passing. So there you go, Coach Josh McDaniels talking about the passing of Franco Harris. That was the first thing he mentioned when he walked into the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center uh, earlier today. Now he got into the Steelers because they are onto the Steelers. They put the Patriots completely behind them. Now it's on to Week 16, the game in Pittsburgh. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about the Steelers. On to the Steelers. Obviously, this is a uh, it's a really tough football team. Um, you know, Mike does a, has done a tremendous job for a long time. Um, have a great deal of respect for the way they play, um, how hard they compete, how well prepared they are. Um, you know, physical group on all on all three phases. Um, it's going to be a big challenge in that regard. Um, you know, they do a really good job. Last week was a great example of it. You know, controlling the entire game. You know, run the ball well. Every third downs, third and short. Uh, they're the best team in the league, and third and one, fourth and one by far. Not even close to the next. You know, best team. Um, you know, defense very you know, stingy against the running game. Uh, do a good job of um, you know taking advantage of offensive mistakes, uh, turning the ball over, and then giving their offense a short field. Uh, got a good return game. Uh, the kicker's very good. Uh, so uh, this is a uh, a team that's obviously it's been in a lot of close games, very similar to us. Um, you know that has a lot to play for and. Uh, this will be a big challenge on the road, and it's always a great atmosphere there. Uh, played there a number of times, and uh, this this should be a fun a fun atmosphere to play and compete in. So, get ready for Steelers. It was fun to be there last year. I remember traveling to Pittsburgh, and it was in early September, so it wasn't cold. But it was it was nice to be out there, and you know the crowd was fired up, and there was a lot of uh, obviously Raider Nation was representing. Steeler fans were there as well. You know, it was it was pretty loud, but. A heck of an environment, right? And I remember the Raiders going in there and getting the W. I remember the Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs long touchdown bomb that put the Raiders up and sealed the deal on the victory. And, you know, as I walked out of there after, you know, doing the, the little media stuff afterwards and I was on my way to the to the airport just seeing the Steeler fans pouring out of that stadium and they were not happy. You know, and of course, they're going to want to return to favor this year. And obviously, the elements are going to have a lot to do with it because the weather is going to be a lot different than it was a year ago when they hosted the silver and black. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about the impact of the weather on his game plan. I mean, obviously you need to be ready to adjust if uh, something determines that you need to adjust. Um, uh, fortunately for me, or unfortunately, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I've been in a whole bunch of cold weather, East Coast, late in the year type games. And, um, you know, whether it's temperature, uh, wind, snow, rain, um, you know, whatever it is. But uh, the thing, I mean, look, we have no control over the weather. Uh, we're not playing the weather. Uh, we're playing the Steelers. And, um, you know, our preparation is going to be solely focused on them. Um, if something in the weather would dictate, you know, 50-mile-an-hour winds or something like that, obviously you need to be ready to adjust accordingly. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of things that, that, that would go into that. But, 
Uh, clearly, uh, when you play in these kind of games, you have to be ready to do it. It doesn't mean that you got to, you know, go in and uh, assume that those things are going to happen. But I think preparation the next three days is going to be important. You know, just in case we needed to to adjust. Here's head coach Joshua Daniels talking about the weather and the potential of having to adjust based off what happens, you know, and, and what the actual impact is, you know. And I think back to last weekend when all we heard all week long was how cold and snowy and how ugly the weather was going to be for the Bills-Dolphins game. And the big storyline for the whole game was Tua can't throw in the snow. Tua can't do this in the snow. And the Dolphins, they're, you know, they're from a, a, warm, a warm climate. How are they going to go into Buffalo? And it didn't snow till the end of the game. Like the whole game, I mean, it was cold, don't get me wrong, but it didn't snow until the very end of the game. Then all of a sudden it started snowing, so just don't really know. Just got to go in there with your game plan. You're going to do what you got to do. I will say this. The one thing I think about when it comes to this weather, I remember when the Patriots played, what was it, the Bills last year, and they ran the ball, what, 63 times because the weather was so bad and the, what was it, the wind was bad too, so you're like, there's no way that they're going to be able to throw the ball or at least attempt. What they do? Three passes, I think, in that game, DeMond? Was it three? Yep, it was three exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there, I mean, I thought about that. And I said, man, I wonder if there's going to be a heavy, heavy uh, you know, emphasis on the run like that. Uh, you know, 63 is a lot of – that's a lot of care. That's a ton of, of runs for a team. And that's obviously more than one running back is going to do that. But I just wondered if that was could be possibly a part of the game plan based off what the weather looks like on Saturday. Uh, a couple more sound bites from uh, head coach Josh McDaniels. Then we'll get back to some f- calls and texts. 702-365-9200 or don'tbebroke.com. Text line 69187. Keyword R&R. A lot of close margins in the league. A lot of parity across the league. A lot of teams that aren't up, you know, even above 500. There's 20 teams out of 32 that are 500 or below. Steel, the Patriots, the team that they just beat, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. The Raiders, right behind them, 6-8. and eight. A lot of parity in the league, a lot of close margin victories in the league. And the question that was posed to Josh McDaniels was, does that make him kind of feel better about the process? Neither for me. Um, I don't uh, really, to me, I just think each game is its own entity. Um, You know, you got to get ready to play it, uh, coach it, and adjust if you need to. Um, I think that the nature of the league is that there's a lot of good players, a lot of good coaches, you know, that we get to compete against. And... You know, it's it's hard to, you know, I think the league has proven over and over and over and over and over again. It's very difficult to get away from people, you know, because there's there's a lot of parity. And, you know, and that goes just speaks to the, you know, I think the the volume of good players and good coaches that there are in the league. And, um, you know, it's just you just got to play 60 minutes. We obviously have learned that over and over again this year um, and being ready to do that and not assuming that, you know, you're going to go and get away from anybody. And I think that's the way that you have to think nowadays. So I don't spend a whole lot of time being frustrated about it. I just think that's the nature of competing in the NFL today. And um, I would expect nothing different this weekend. So there you go. Two teams that probably don't have the records that either one of them expected or wanted to have going into the season with the Steelers where they're at. And, of course, the Raiders where they're at. But it is what it is. And both teams are going to fight. They're going to compete. The Steelers are going to play hard. I know that for a fact. Their defense is strong. Their run game is strong. So it's going to be a tough day out for the silver and black. One thing about it is the Raiders' defense has been playing better. I feel like they've been getting better week to week. Their run defense has normally been pretty good. It wasn't this past Sunday. Matter of fact, Ramondre Stevenson won Offensive Player of the Week, going 171-plus yards, and that's just too much. You can't, you can't give up yards like that. You can't allow the run game to get going like that. Najee Harris and the Steelers are going to want to run the rock. They're going to want to run the rock, and they're going to want to run the rock some more. 
the Raiders have to find a way to run the ball. So here's Joshua Daniels talking about the strides that the defense has made, but obviously they still got work to do. You know, over the course of the year, we've we've tried to continue to, you know, harp on the things that are really important to playing good team defense. Um, you know, fundamentals, playing blocks, tackling, um, playing with your proper leverage and coverage, defending the deep part of the field, uh, pass rush coordination. Um, you know, discipline, communication. There's no secret. There's no one thing that we could just say, hey, if we do this, then all of a sudden everything will magically be great. Um, that's just not the game of football. It's not that way in any phase, offense, special teams, defense. So we've just tried to continue to um, you know, focus on the things that fundamentally you have to do them right in order to be, be sound. You know? And um, I think our guys have really continued to work hard at that. Um, I think the chemistry in our group, you know, we, we battled through some injuries all year long, which every team does. And so I think the more those guys get to play together, um, the more communication is between the same guys. I think the more comfortable some of them feel together. Um, so there's not one thing. I think it's just continuing to try to get better at the fundamental aspects of playing it. And I think we've had some good, some good days and some better days. And then we've, you know, we obviously have things we need to improve still. There's Joshua Daniels talking about the defense and how they still need to improve. They've had some good days, they've had some better days, and they've had some bad days. I really, man, I know we talked about the offseason last Friday, and I talked about the plan that I had for the offseason. I sure hope that the Raiders, Dave Ziegler and company, if they listen to anything I say, I hope that they listen to going out and really addressing the defense because I'm encouraged. I really am, Raider Nation. I'm encouraged by the defense, the, the strides I see already in the defense. Now, if you actually add some more talent, to that defensive side of the ball, I feel like this defense could be really good. I really do. And, it, again, we, we talked about it so much. It's been ignored for so long and just kind of been an afterthought. Like, yeah, defense is going to get better. It's not going to be great. I would love to see just such a heavy emphasis on the defense this offseason. Whenever the offseason comes, I'd love to see a heavy emphasis on the defensive side of the ball. One more sound bite. Uh, and this is a short one just about injury, a little injury update. Alex Bars, Dylan Parham, two guys that you'd like to see on the offensive line. Where's there where are they right now as far as health goes? Hopeful that, that we're we're gaining here. Um, again, we'll see a lot more tomorrow, I think. Um, we're actually out in the grass, but um, both guys are working really hard. Um, you know, there's they're gonna be around at the walkthrough today. So uh, hopefully you know, if we can if we can have a few good days here, um, there's a shot. You know, I think that's the best I could say now. Andrew Billings kind of figure into that same sort of. Yep. Right there. Yep. We're trying to be as I mean, look, we're trying to get as healthy as we can here for the last last few. There you go, Josh McDaniel's talking about Dylan Parham, Alex Bars, and you even hear uh, Vinny ask about Andrew Billings as well. It's another guy that's been missing for a few games. It'd be nice to see him come back. Well, what did the, that walkthrough look like? We got the injury report. We'll go over it next. Plus, we'll take your calls. I know Raider Mac is waiting. We'll get to you in a few minutes. Keep it right here. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187 keyword R&R brought to you by the DLC. Shout out to all the fine folks over at the DLC. We definitely appreciate them. How does the passing of Franco Harris impact Saturday's game, in your opinion? It might not impact it at all, but we want to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200. Don'tbebroke.com. Text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines real quick. Bring in our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? What up, Q? What's up, D? 
Hey, great job, guys, man. Y'all always do a great job, man. Everybody y'all bring on is on point. That's what I love about this station. You guys are on point with the with the guests. I know the mantra. He he. You know how the radio works. Hey, quick little story. Hey, I was in um, Pittsburgh back in uh, my I, my brother and my my um, cousin. They big Steeler fans. So I was uh, I, uh, we went to the game in two thousand nine. They were mm. talking mess. And man, it was cold. It, it wasn't that cold. It was—I forgot what. It, it was like uh, I think it was. Yeah, we was at Heinz Field. And uh, do you remember when? Uh, I don't know if you remember this game when when uh, Lewis uh, Murphy caught the touchdown with with like three seconds left in the game. Yeah, was that from Bruce Gratkowski? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. From yep. Bruce Scott. Yeah. Oh, you should have heard the fans there. They was quiet <laughs> as mouth. They couldn't believe that we we marched down. I think our record that year was I think we were like four and eight, and they yeah. ended up six and six. They missed the playoffs because of, of that. They missed the playoffs because of that game, and they weren't the same. But oh man, they they was quiet. It's a nice feel. But uh, you know, hey, rest in peace, uh, Franco Harris. He's one of my favorite running backs of all time. I know uh, Jim Brown criticized him because he went out of bounds. But hey, if you ain't got to take a hit, I because right. when I was coaching, I would tell my kids. Get out of bounds. Don't take ne- unnecessary hits. Right. Hey, uh, Q, we're, uh, real quick, I know you got to go. You guys um, have other people. But I, I just want to say this about the defense. And, <laughs> Q, you, you, you said to draft defensive players, which I agree with you. But you got to, first of all, you got to start with that secondary. And you know it and I know it and a linebacker. You need a, you need a linebacker that's going to go, I thought Diablo was going to be the guy, but I don't think he is. I, he, I, he don't have that it factor. Nobody in that secondary got that it factor. Agreed. So my thing is, I agree with you to do that, but at the same time, you got to you got to fix this defense because it's been bad for twenty some years. And I know you said don't go back in the past, and what would you do in the future? But how can we not go back in the past when we've been the worst defense in the we we've had one of the worst defense since Carr been at quarterback in in right. his 14 years and also in the 20 years that we've, we've been ranked in the bottom. So what, what do you – I'm going to let you go. What do you think we actually really need to do? Because the defense has just been bad. I mean, we didn't change coordinators, players, and the defense has still been bad. So what is it, though? And I'll let you go on that. Thank you, man. You guys have a good Christmas. And uh, go Raiders. There you go. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy holidays to you too, Raider Mac. And I'll say this for the defense, what I would like them to see. I mean, like I have a blueprint of all the different players, like the different positions I'd like to let them to go get and address. Like you said, uh, linebackers and, and safeties or secondary, whatever the case may be. I agree with that 100%. But you know what they need more than anything? They need playmakers, right? That's something that I've been talking about quite a bit. They need playmakers, not just guys that can – you know, go tackle somebody or go do this and that and the other. They need playmakers. They need guys that are going to change the game. Guys that can go and come down with the interception, even though it's a high ball and they got to go up there and, 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 you know, meet it at its highest point. They'll come down with it. They're, they're routinely used to creating turnovers. Guys that are, are looking to make the extra play, not just, not just, you know, do their job, but do their job to a higher uh, level. If that makes sense, they they need playmakers. They need guys on the defensive line. They need defensive tackles. They need a dominant defensive tackle, someone that can just you know collapse that pocket, you know, and just just they just need dudes. 
right? I mean, you, you could be average or you can you can you could be great. They need dudes that want to be great. I, I like Divine Diablo a lot as well, but it, it doesn't seem like and it's it's hard to see now because he's been injured and been out for so long. But it, it's hard to tell if he could be that sideline to sideline linebacker that they need. Right? Like when Baltimore went and made the move for Roquan Smith from the Bears, you know what they went and got? They got a dude. They got a playmaker. You know, I mean, that's a guy who he expects to do great things. He's got that pedigree. He did great things in college. You know what he did? He does great things now that he got to, uh, you know, to the NFL. And he's going to continue to do some great things. So that's, as far as defense goes, that's, that's where I'm at. You got to get guys that are playmakers. You got to get guys that are absolute dudes, that expect to be dudes. So uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, what do we have up next, Devon? Oh, New England Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, it was really nice to meet you the other day, man. I appreciate you talking with me. I'm glad I was able to make it out there. And believe it or not, that was my first Raider victory that I have seen since I was an adult, since I have seen them. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen them win since they were at the Oakland Coliseum when I was about 12 years old. Uh, so that was not just... Uh, a first home game, first game at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, but that was the first victory in a very long time that I've seen. Nice. Um, you know, so that was just great. And, again, it was really nice to meet you. Hey, Damon, I was great having a drink with you at the Rockstar. Uh, my mom never thought somebody under 30 could pull off a bolo tie, but, damn, you showed her. So good job. Uh, and, uh, and honestly, I just want to shout out Raider Reggie. I want to shout out Justin Wendy. It's just uh, everyone that I got to meet the other night. It was just, it was great. It was just, and then the, the icing on the, on the cake was, was that victory. Um, so I'm 30, man. I don't, I'm not going to act like I was alive during the immaculate, uh, you know, uh, reception, deception, whatever. But, you know, I do, the Steelers are a great team. They've had three head coaches in the last, like, what, 60 years? <laughs> right. And, you that know what part. I mean? I mean, yep. hey, they're they're a hell of a team. They have mm-hmm. grit, just like the Raiders. I'm I'm never going to say that they're silver and black, but they're 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 they're. I think I can say this on the radio. They're a badass team. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and uh, I I I I think that's a great team. You know, so I I think we're going to have to be careful. Uh, no different than when uh you know when John Madden died. I I feel like they're they're going to be playing for something on Saturday. So we got to go out guns blazing. Thanks there you for go. My call, man. I hey, appreciate you, New England Raiders. Great to meet from you. Uh, thanks for coming out. Enjoy that Wild water Wings. with you, buddy. <laughs> you had water? Yeah, that was the drink. Oh, okay. Well, there yeah, you go. Just nice little water. Is that, is that that one that you had? It's called like Wicked Water or something like that, and, and it's just water. And Is that the one that you had? Remember you had that one time, and it was, and I said, what is that you're drinking? You're like, oh, it's just water. But it, it's, it was something. I thought it was something called like Wicked Water. Or, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't even matter. But uh, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you, and uh, glad you were able to hang out. It was good to meet you, and glad that you were able to see a victory. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny. Liquid death. Yeah, that's what it's called, liquid death, and it's only water. Yes, it is. I love the name because you think it's something hardcore. Yeah, no, I go. did. I did. When I saw it in your hand, I was like, man, what are you drinking? He said, oh, it's just water. All right, good. There you go. Good for you. So, Anyway, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game, no doubt. We'll deep dive into the game on uh on you know coming up tomorrow. We'll start really doing a deep dive, uh, but today really kind of just showing that love to Franco Harris and, and and talking about the game. Just when Wendy hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Hey Q, yes, the freezing weather is a factor, and the Steelers will be dedicated to winning in Franco's memory. But Raiders have won hard games. 
Last year, we beat the Cowboys at Jerry's World on Thanksgiving, beat the Browns in a cold, icy sleet game, and Tay has been playing in cold weather for eight years. Raiders can win it. Need Waller and others to step up. Happy Christmas week, Raider Nation. Just win Wendy. And that's the one good thing I'll say about that. She brings up a great point about Devontae Adams. He's been playing in cold weather for quite a while because it gets cold in Green Bay too. And I did think about that uh, this morning when I was thinking about the weather that was going to go on uh, in, in, in Pittsburgh. I thought, well, at least Devontae Adams is, is definitely used to it. And, of course, you know, there's cats from New England that are used to it that have played in New England. I mean, look, it's going to be cold for both teams. You know, I'm like that's that's the thing about it. It's not like the heater's going to turn on all of a sudden when the Steelers have the ball or when they're on the – you know what I mean? It's like it's going to be cold for both teams. But uh, you bring up a good point with Devontae Adams and, uh, you know, him being – him been playing in the, in the cold for so long. Um, Mailman Raider hit us up and said, Q, one thing I haven't heard this week is all damn cold weather. D.C. going to get us an L. Has D.C. beat that narrative? And I remember that's the conversation piece that we used to have all the time about Derek Carr and cold weather games. And I definitely believe that it's still, you know, there's there's still something to it. I mean, look, man, if you're not a cold weather person, you're just not a cold weather person. But he's he's won some games in the cold weather that I think kind of helped put that on the back burner, if that makes sense. But thank you. Thank you for that text, my man. You're right. That's not something that we've talked about uh, so far this week. One more quick text. Keegan in Vancouver, Washington said, what up, Q? I think the Raiders could use the immaculate reception for some motivation as well. Adams is a Raider fan. Cold or not, I bet he wants to win more. So there's that. And I bet you he wants to go out there and have a big game after only having a couple catches on uh, Sunday against the Patriots. But I just don't know how much the ball is going to be slung around the yard. Right? Again, that's going to go back to the elements. You know, how much is the ball going to be thrown around and how much are, you know, are the Raiders going to be running the rocks? So that's going to be interesting. But I bet you Devontae Adams just wants to have a big game in general just because the last couple of games he really hasn't had a whole lot of action. 434 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back here from Mick Lombardi and also Patrick Graham, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. It's Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. Raider Mackey called us and asked us about defense and what I think that the Raiders need to do or who in particular or what kind of player in particular I think the Raiders need to go and get. And I said playmakers. Rob in Oakland hit us up on the dobebroke.com text line. I always love hearing from Rob. He always contributes some really good stuff. 69187, keyword R&R. He said, with respect to the longtime porous defense, when Raiders players are asked about leadership many times, they talk about different types of leadership. I've heard players from Khalil Mack to C. Wood and Max Crosby say they lead by example. I think we need a vocal leader, the type of guy that other teams can't stand, but you can rally our defenders, uh, but can rally our defenders to give that little bit of extra practice in the film room and on the field. I think that guy's been missing. That's Rob in Oakland, and that's also a very good point. You need that guy. On both sides of the ball. You need that guy that's going to do a little chirping, a guy who's going to do a little talking. You know, it, it's, it's great to have guys that lead by example, but you also want that dude who has the stones and has the, you know, he's already he's earned the right to say, hey, look, this is what we got to do. You know, and, and just, again, like Rob said, rally the troops. Be that vocal leader as well. You got to uh, have someone that's, that's you know, going to give some words of, encouragement, going to fire some guys up, maybe get in a guy's face and curse him out a little bit, but get them fired up and get them, you know, get them doing what they got to do. Uh, that That's that's something that I have heard a lot of as well, is that a lot of guys lead by example. Somebody also has got to step up and be that vocal leader. So, Rob, thank you for that text. I do 
Appreciate you. Now, want to get to some sound that we were supposed to get to yesterday, but we just got a little sidetracked and we didn't get to it, so that's okay. We'll get to it right now. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Coach Lombardi, and then defensive coordinator, Coach Patrick Graham. We only got one sound bite that I want you to hear from Coach Lombardi, and that's really about the, the replacement guys on the offensive line. I don't mean to say it make it sound like they're less valued, but look, they weren't there with the team. When it comes to Ronas Grasso, when it comes to um, – when it comes to who was the other who was the other Jordan Meredith, thank you, Demond. Yeah, Jordan Meredith. I mean, and the reason I can't remember is because look, they weren't even on the active roster when they played the Rams. Think about that. Grasso was what on the practice squad, and Meredith wasn't even with the team at the time. Both of them have spent time with the team, but they weren't you know actively with the team, and they both ended up in action on uh, on Sunday against the Patriots. So here's Coach Lombardi on how he thought those guys did. Yeah, no doubt. I mean. Mr. Grasso and Mr. Meredith did a you know pr- pr- pretty good job of going in there and having to play against a really stout defensive line in the New England Patriots. Um, you know, obviously they haven't had a lot of reps in practice all season, um, being on IR, and obviously Jordan's been with us in and out. But um, that's just being ready to go and, and taking advantage of the opportunity when your time comes and preparing like you're going to play. I mean, I, I'll you know it's been whether it's Thursday or Friday morning, I was coming to the office and. Or Saturday, it was Saturday evening, actually. I was coming back from night meetings, and, you know, Jordan's in there watching tape, you know, getting ready to go. And he wasn't – he was just preparing like he was going to start. And sure enough, you know, he went in there in the second quarter and had to play. You know, so I think it speaks volumes to the type of character we have in the offensive line room. They're a tight-knit group, and they all depend on each other. And I think they have a mentality of next man up, and they'll all play – we'll all play as one collective unit, which I think really carries over, as you see on Sunday. And I carried over those situations. Mick Lombardi right there talking about the two offensive linemen in Grasso and Jordan Meredith, both guys who had to be sprung into action. Uh, Mer- Meredith was sprung into action when Dylan Parham went down, and uh, you know that was very unfortunate. Dylan Parham has been really good for the Raiders all season long, so hopefully he's able to get back. And then Grasso actually started uh, as Alex Bars was out, and of course John Simpson was waived last Friday. Speaking of guys that are injured and out. Let me go over the Raiders' injury report. Then we'll get to Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator. Uh, Alex Bars, the guy that obviously we're paying attention to. Uh, Dylan Parham, another guy that we're paying attention to. Both guys dealing with knee knee injuries. Today was just a walkthrough practice. Both guys were limited, which is an upgrade over what they were on Tuesday because they did not participate on Tuesday in what would have been a practice if they had one. But today they had a walkthrough. Alex Bars was limited. Dylan Parham was limited. Jackson Barton, the tackle, dealing with a back injury. He was a guy that was inactive on Sunday because of that back injury. He also was limited. So that's uh, three offensive linemen right there that are limited, which is, again, better than did not participate. Also, Andrew Billings dealing with a fibula injury. He was limited. He was limited on Tuesday, limited on Wednesday. Darian Butler, linebacker, limited Tuesday, limited on Wednesday, dealing with a quadricep injury. Deron Harmon, safety, shoulder and neck injury, limited both Tuesday and today. Uh, also, Zamir White, running back, ankle, didn't participate on Tuesday, would have been limited uh, on, on practice today. It was, again, a walkthrough, so he was limited. Uh, and then quarterback Rock is seen, still did not participate. I don't know when Rock's going to come back, if Rock's going to come back, but he's been out with that knee injury for a while now, so don't expect to see him on Saturday. Just gut feeling, and it's not hard to go out on that limb, right? I mean, he's been missing for quite a while, and uh, if he's not going to be practicing, I'm sure he's not going to be playing anytime soon. Uh, Jermaine Illuminor was a full participant in practice dealing with uh, a wrist injury. So that's uh, what the Raiders had on Wednesday as far as injury reports go. We'll have another one tomorrow. And then on Saturday, 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll find out who's active and who's inactive. Now, 
Want to go to the defensive side of things and uh, hear from Coach Patrick Graham. Uh, got a couple sound bites from him, and the first one is on uh, on Hall and on Masterson. And they, these guys have been improving. Uh, Tyler Hall, number 37, he's been playing quite a bit as of late. Right, He was a late addition to the roster, but he's been playing quite a bit. And Luke Masterson, the undrafted free agent linebacker, it looks like he's been playing more and more and more. Matter of fact, he led the team in tackles on Sunday with 11. So here's Patrick Graham talking about both Tyler Hall and Luke Masterson. I think it starts first with the position coaches, you know. So, you know, Tyler with uh, Coach Simmons, uh, Luke with uh, Coach Pierce, and then on top of that is the quality control coaches. You know, I think Josh established that early on in the spring, told those guys that's part of what they're going to be evaluating on, getting the young players ready, and, you know, they've done a good job with that. You know, both the coaches and the quality control coaches, but definitely, you know, I think it's a big part of your program when you have – Good quality, I don't mean the pun or whatever, I'm bad with whatever, saying good quality, quality control coaches. I mean, that's, that's, that's important to have because they got to get those guys ready in this league where, you know, you're going to lose guys throughout the season. So, I mean, kudos to, you know, Matt and Matt. Those guys, they're both named Matt, sorry. <laughs> but they, they do a good job there. Patrick Graham right there talking about Tyler Hall, Luke Masterson, them being ready for the moment, and you're seeing they're getting more and more burned each and every game, and I'm sure they're going to be needed this week against Pittsburgh. Another guy who you see out there, and he didn't start the game, was Amik Robertson. He wasn't the starter uh, on the field, but he did get on the field pretty quick, fast, in a hurry, made some plays, got burned a couple times. I had people tweeting at me saying, get Amik off the field. He's not an NFL defensive back. I see a lot of play out of him, man. I think Amik, I think Amik plays, man. He gives you everything he's got. Is he going to get beat? Yes. All corners are going to get beat, right? The thing is, you got to have a short memory, and you got to be ready to get back into the fight. And that's the one thing I can give Amik a lot of credit for. He'll get right back into that fight. So here's Patrick Graham talking about Amik being ready when his number is called. The thing, the thing about Amik and all our guys, you know, they, they, they know it's next man up and being ready to go, um, whether it's because of injuries in the past or what have you, or just like, okay, the rotation of the game. And I think Amik's, they all prepare, you know, all the guys in the defensive backfield, they all prepare and they know that their number can be called at any point. Um, so just him being ready, you know, him being ready. And that was a good thing. Um, and I think all the guys were ready. You know, we had some, we had some good plays. I mean, it was our best in terms of production, in terms of the past game, it was our best game. Um, in terms of what does Amik bring to the table? I mean, just going back to his college days, he's a ball hawk. You know, he has, I think he has one interception. He has a touchdown on a fumble recovery. That's one thing about him. I mean, you know, you look for ball hawks when you're doing the evaluation process, and that's important to have. And he's one of those guys that looks for the ball. You know, he had the pass breakup, or he had a couple pass breakups right there. I mean, you want guys like that on defense. So there's Patrick Graham talking about Amik, what he brings to the table, and him being ready to go. And, uh, yeah, when he was in college, he, he, you know, he was a guy that made plays. And they got to find guys that can make a lot of plays, right? He hasn't made enough plays so far throughout his career. And I know he hasn't got a lot of burn. He's got more burn this year than he has over the course of the last few seasons, but uh, he's got to continue to try to make plays. And everyone on that defense has got to be responsible for making plays, including Trayvon Merrick. And I actually asked this question. I was thinking of Raider Mack when I asked this question because I just wanted to see. I feel like he's improved at times. You know, I feel like he's played a couple good games. He, he regressed early in the season as far as I'm concerned. And I think he has a lot to prove. Right? I mean, just because I like him doesn't mean that he's going to be a good player. That doesn't mean anything. He's got to prove himself. So uh, I asked uh, Patrick Graham straight up about his development over the course of the season, coming back from the hip injury, and just where he sees Marigat right now. One, the, the, the film study is showing up. Um, the maturity, you know, in terms of the second-year player, you know, 
that process and also the safety position, in my opinion, again, not that it means anything, but my opinion, it's like a quarterback. You got, you got to get the looks, you know, like over the years, you know, like Deron's able to play with anticipation because he's had all those thousands of looks he's had. You know, you, you look last week, uh, Devin McCourty, you know, he's had so many different looks as a safety. He's real similar to the quarterback. Okay, I know where the tilt's coming here. I can anticipate this pressure. It takes time for that to, to come, and you know, then you start to develop a little bit of savviness about how you're playing the position. You know, the quarterback's eyes are on you. So, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all starting to come together. He's still early in that process, only in his second year, um, but you see a maturity coming in terms of in the film room, practice field, and it's showing up in the games. Good. All right, thank you. There's Patrick Graham right there talking about Trayvon Merrigan. Uh, his development over the course of the season. And, you know, he, he, he called him the quarterback of the defense, right? And you see that, that Deron Harmon's been rocking the green dot lately, right? So there you go, quarterback of the defense. Trayvon Merrick's got a long way to go. He's got he's to have a better understanding of the defense. He, he still looks like he's a little hesitant here and there. Looks like he's, 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 he's thinking, Right, and I always say a thinking man is a slow man, and in the NFL you can't be slow. If you're slow, you're going to get beat. So I think he has to get to a point where he stops thinking, and he'll be able to play that much better and that much faster. Uh, now, is he going to be able to get to that point? That's up to him. That's nothing I could do. It's nothing anyone else could do. Coach Graham can't can't tell him to not think. He just has to not think. He just has to go out there and just do it. So we'll see. They've got three games to to start to you know to continue to develop, and really all these guys have three games to continue to develop. And see what they, uh, you know, what they could be on this team. A couple more sound bites from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio, Radio nine twenty. Before we wrap up the show, one was about the defense, the run defense that the Raiders showed on Sunday against the Patriots, giving up way too many yards. They usually are really good at stopping the run, at least slowing it down. They didn't slow down anything. The only person who stopped the run for the Patriots was the Patriots, right? You know, what I mean, just they were the they they're the reason why they stopped running the ball. Not because the Raiders stopped him, and that, that's going to be a problem. So I asked Patrick Graham about, you know, when he saw the film, what he felt like led to the, the poor job against the run. Basically saw a lot of stuff we need to work on in the next few days to get ready for Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, you know, again, one, I got to do a better job uh, calling some stuff get, and getting the guys in the right spot. But we got to work on our fundamentals in terms of run technique, uh, you know, make sure we're leveraging the formation and just doing a better job of just, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage. You know, that's a big part of what we want to be as a defense, what the coach, coach Daniel sees us being as a football team, controlling the line of scrimmage. So we got to do a better job there. So, and keeping that going, talking about Najee Harris and the, and the Steelers, man, they're going to want to run the ball. That's how they're going to but, try to butter their bread. So here's Patrick Graham talking about Najee Harris and the Raiders or, and the Steelers trying to run the ball against the Raiders. I mean, he's a big man. This is, this is a very big man. I mean, just on the tape, it seemed like he was bigger than I – mean, I haven't seen him in person before, so I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I get excited about these big backs, you know, like Derrick Henry, those guys, but he's a big man. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for everybody. It's not going to be a one-man show to tackle this guy. I mean, he has a stiff arm. He's elusive. Um, he has good speed. He has great vision, you know, and it's going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be a tough matchup. And then the O-line, I can't say enough about these guys. They're, they're, they're blocking people. They're staying, you know, they're being physical at the line of scrimmage. They're all big men. And they do a good job of getting movement, so it's going to be a challenge. And then the tight ends, they come in there, they're all big, and they can block, and the receivers can block. I mean, I'm sure when the quarterback comes out on one of these gadgets, he might block too. So, I mean, it is, it's, it's a Pittsburgh football team, you gotta be, and it's going to be Saturday night. It's going to be cold. It's, it's going to be fun. 
Patrick Graham right there talking about the Steelers trying to run the rock and Najee Harris, and that is a big dude, man. That's a big dude and get downhill. So uh, I do not doubt that the Steelers are going to run the ball, run the ball, and they're going to run the ball some more. Kenny Pickett coming back from a concussion injury and, or concussion, and I know he's still technically in the concussion protocol, but uh, you know he's been a full participant in practice, so no doubt about it, he'll be the starting quarterback on Saturday for uh, for the Steelers. And you know, of course, he's not a, a well-oiled machine; he's not super polished yet. You know, he's still trying to get there. So his best friend is going to be Najee Harris. His best friend is going to be that run game, that offensive line. They're going to try to do everything they can to get downhill. The Raiders are really going to have to focus in on and key in on stopping the run because if they can slow down the run, stop the run even, it could, it, they could have themselves a chance to win. But if they are not stopping the run, if Najee Harris is just doing whatever he wants to do, uh, similar to what you saw from Ramondre Stevenson on, on Sunday, DeMond, it's going to be a long day at the office for the Raiders in that defense if, if they can't stop the run. I know it's going to be a long day at the office if, but something that I just looked at, I'm looking at Najee Harris's stats for the season – not a 100-yard rushing game this season. I know that, hey, that can be if. Right. But we got to look at the past performance to see, you know, to preview what he could do on Saturday. He had one 99-yard performance, but I think that that's like a good sign that he hasn't been as productive this season as he was last season. No, that's definitely a good sign. But how many times have we gone into a, a, a game week and said, well, this player is not doing well or this team can't do that. This team doesn't throw the ball very well. Derrick Henry doesn't catch any passes out of the backfield. All of a sudden, Derrick Henry's catching passes, right? I mean, it just seems like. You know, Baker Mayfield, he's only, he's only been, uh, you know, on the team two days. He can't possibly know the, the playbook. Like, every time I say what they can't do, they, they show that they can. Like, can't is not in their vocabulary, and it clearly it shouldn't be in mine either. <laughs> right? Okay, you, you got me there, because every time we <laughs> say that, oh, this can't happen, it, like, without fail, it does. So, I'll swallow. Like, you know what? Forget that he hasn't had a 100-yard rushing game this season. Right. No, no, no doubt about it. And, again, in this kind of game, they're going to want to really have an emphasis on on the run game. Our guy Don hit us up on Twitter again and said, uh, yeah, but the last play in the Rams game, Deron Harmon drifted away from Jefferson's side and left Jefferson one-on-one with Sam Webb. Harmon's got to do better. No doubt. No doubt. And we're talking about Deron Harmon being the leader on that uh, Raiders defense and the fact that he could make plays and he's rocking the green dot. That was, yeah, that was that was a bad play. That was a bad play, my man, where, uh, you know, when I saw when I saw Deron Harmon go from, you know, shading kind of Sam Webb and, and Van Jefferson – who ultimately caught the touchdown pass to win the game for the Rams and go towards the front, the, I mean, not the front, the, the middle of the field. I was like, what in the world's going on? And then, well, then we saw exactly what happened. So, no, you're right about that. Jerron Harmon's got to be on his A game, and he's going to be that, uh, that, that back-end general, that quarterback of the defense. He's got to be on point. So, and I, I, I know he knows that. He's been around the league long enough to know that. So, uh, great point, Don. Thank you so much for that tweet. I do appreciate you. Well, Fantastic show. Damon, great job putting everything together, man. Colin Dunlap at 205, Andre James at 225, uh, Coach Big Dog Roll at 3 o'clock, her Franco Harris, uh, Paul Catalina, and myself from Super Bowl 54. Of course, we got uh, Mick Lombardi, Patrick Graham in, and, of course, a lot of calls and texts as well. So we definitely appreciate you, Raider Nation. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 2 o'clock. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920.